Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Easter can be tricky when it comes to faith. We come for the happy ending, the, and then they lived happily ever after. The resurrection story proclaims hope over despair and life over death. Yet, we know that life continued and continues for us as a story of spiking heartbreak moments that are not forever fixed. The nature of being created for love is that we will always hunger for more, that there is never enough life and love to satisfy. And endings are often too soon. But perhaps a good enough faith is one that moves through the chronic nature of being incurably human with an eye for resurrection moments that assure us that this good enough life is worthy of our amazement. In our Easter message of the week, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from John 20 and how Jesus sees you and knows that you, and also your faith, are always good enough. Here is the First Church message of the week. is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Let us hear this miraculous story of Jesus' resurrection as told in the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other clothes, but was folded up in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb, crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my father and your father, 
to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And then she told them what he said to her. Here ends our reading today. Let us pray together. Holy and loving God, as we hear this, your word, we ask that you would open our ears that we might hear you clearly in our midst this day. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply. It is you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So in the story of Jesus' resurrection, I am always struck by the faithful role of Mary and the other women and how quick they are to not only arrive at the tomb that morning, but to know and believe in this impossible resurrection story of Jesus. Having faithfully followed Jesus for much of his public ministry, we know that Mary finds herself that very first Easter morning feeling broken and afraid after all the events that she had witnessed in the past couple of days. Having seen her Lord and Savior crucified on the cross, she came to the tomb that morning filled with fear that she too could be punished as one of his followers. And yet she showed up anyway, willing to do all that she could to care for him. In line with her Jewish tradition, that's why she went first thing in the morning after the Sabbath to make sure that someone was caring for Jesus' lifeless body by anointing and preparing him for his final burial. And yet this story tells us that when she got there, it wasn't as expected. The tomb was empty. His body was not just where, not where she expected, but it wasn't anywhere to be found. And so in her own state of panic, she runs to get the other disciples telling them, someone must have taken it. What other, what other reason could there be? He wasn't in the tomb where they left him. The disciples come to see for themselves, but they quickly come and go from the tomb as Mary stays, weeping outside the tomb. And that is when Jesus first appears to her. And yet even when he is right in front of her, we are told Mary can't see Jesus. She is so full of her own grief and questions that she cannot imagine a different truth than the fact that Jesus' body must have been stolen away. And one of the many, many things that I appreciate about the way that Jesus then approaches Mary in this moment is how he first approaches her with care asking her questions and modeling for us that it's, this, it's okay for us to do the same. Because here in this moment of unimaginable grief as Mary is fearing the very worst, Jesus comes to Mary and gently asks her, why are you crying? Do you notice that through this question, Jesus doesn't tell her not to cry? He doesn't shame her. 
He doesn't tell her how to feel. He simply meets her where she is, offering to help her carry her burdens alongside her. In other tellings of the story, as found in the other Gospels, Jesus even uses different words to say the same when he tells her, don't be afraid. And here in the Gospel of John, this reading we heard, while he doesn't use these words, he does, you hear the compassion in these questions he does ask, don't you? Why are you crying, he says. Who are you looking for? And in her own vulnerable state of grief, Mary is honest as she turns with what I imagine to be a bit of desperation as she says to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. I wonder if anyone here has ever been in a place that feels a little like Mary felt that day. In a moment of desperation or fear or longing, that makes it feel like your whole world is shifting and trembling and changing beneath you. Like you'd do anything to have your current circumstances be different, even if it meant going back to those previous unimaginable circumstances. Because while you thought, as Mary did, that when she rose that day, she thought the worst possible world she could walk into was to have to prepare her Savior's body for burial only to realize it would get worse still when there was in fact nobody there. Anybody ever been in a circumstance when, well, your problem that you once thought was the worst you wish you could go back to? I have a colleague, a pastor friend whose name is also Jen, who shared with me a story a couple of years ago about her dad when he was facing a number of health challenges, and he was diagnosed with a dissected descending aorta and an aneurysm of the aortic arch. I had to read that. Because as pastors, neither she nor I are medical professionals who understand all that that entails, but it sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? As a pastor and person of faith, Jen found herself sitting in the doctor's office with her family, hearing these words and this diagnosis, feeling her faith all but disappear. And in that moment, sitting in that room, she couldn't imagine life without her dad at the other end of the phone line or the other end of a trip home. And as they sat and talked with the doctor who gave them options and prognosis and predictions and statistics, her anxiety rose with every new piece of information as she felt her understanding of the world shift and change and tremble beneath her. And that's when the doctor gave his expert opinion that they should wait for as long as three months for her dad's body to heal a bit before they could proceed with fixing Uh, surgery to fix the aorta. And as her dad sat quietly listening, everyone else held their breath as the doctor continued by saying, I can't guarantee that this aneurysm you have won't burst while we're waiting. And he told them, if that happens, it will most likely be fatal. As Jen recounts it, she sits in this moment in grief and disbelief uh, as a pastor without words, which you might know is a bit of a miracle in itself. 
Her dad wasn't without words, though. Her dad was quick to reply as he said to the doctor quickly, of course you can't make promises. That's why we have faith that there is something better beyond this life. Jesus tells us, do not be afraid. And there in that moment, yet again, everything shifted. Everything changed. But this time, it was different. Instead of the world shifting and trembling and falling out beneath her, this time the world shifted and trembled and came back together in ways she couldn't have imagined just moments before. Because this time, Jen found herself sitting in the corner of that doctor's office, frantically wiping away her tears, quietly living in her sadness that she let go of in the wake of her father's testament of faith. Through his witness for her, everything shifted and everything changed. These words that Jesus speaks to Mary and to us, these words are words of hope that aren't just cute sayings that we print on greeting cards or that we should toss about lightly. They aren't easy answers and they don't assure us that everything's gonna be okay. But these are words of hope because they make us promises of great comfort. They promise us an even greater truth that our earth is gonna shift. Our diagnoses are going to come. Our grief is going to wallow, and our bank accounts are still going to dip. But no matter what comes, the presence of Christ will remain in and through it all. And so don't hold on to me, Jesus says to her. I'm going to my Father and to your Father, to my God. And to your God, don't hold on to me, he says, as a reminder and an invitation that sometimes things change and it feels like the world beneath and around us is shifting. But change isn't always bad. It doesn't mean everything is lost. On the contrary, Jesus invites us to see that sometimes change, even the change that breaks our heart or that we struggle to wrap our heads around, even that change can be an opportunity to live into this hope. Hope. Because Jesus assures us here that even at our rock bottom, perhaps especially in our most difficult spaces, Jesus comes right alongside us, often in unexpected forms and places and words. And in those moments, he assures us that no matter what comes, we are never alone. Now, that doesn't mean that we're always going to see or even feel God's presence with us. I mean, even in this garden, that first Easter morning, we know that Mary sure didn't. In fact, we are told that Mary didn't even recognize Jesus when he first showed up. And the truth is, I don't think most of us would either. But I cannot help but to reflect today on how throughout this season, we've spent a lot of time and energy thinking about what it looks like in our lives to let 
go of life in the way that, well, sometimes it's not going to look like we imagined it would. Sometimes we are invited instead to focus not on what we wish it were, but on how to live life well in the circumstances we find ourselves in. By that, we know that all the pressures around us, all the expectations and stressors that we all have in our lives to do and to be and to perform better, despite all of that, we have a different truth that we are embracing. And that is that many of us are already doing the best that we can in our messy and imperfect lives, aren't we? And so that's why throughout the season, we've been encouraging one another to continue on our journeys of being better and more faithful and more loving humans. People who let go of the expectations to do it all and to do it perfectly. Because all that you have, all that you are, all that you give. And so long as we are doing our best and we are seeking to grow, that really is good enough. It really is good enough, even, even in those moments when we don't feel perfect enough to claim that title. And so as we embrace what it means to be good enough in these ways, I've been thinking about how that relates closely to this hope that we find at Easter. Because sometimes applying the lessons this resurrection story has to offer to our personal lives, well, it takes us a little while, doesn't it? But we're not alone in that either. Because embracing a good enough faith doesn't mean that we get it right all the time. It doesn't mean that we even proceed with confidence all the time. But what it does mean is that we are able to ask questions, to be authentic, and to know that it's okay when we find ourselves in those moments that our anxiety rises as our world shifts and trembles beneath us. It means that it's okay if we find ourselves, well, feeling lost in those moments when the things that we know here in our heads don't quite connect the way we wish they did to the things we know here in our heart. And that's okay. It's good enough, in fact. Because most, if not all of us, go through ebbs and flows and seasons, maybe some of which we have a deep faith that comes easily, right next to those seasons when we struggle to make sense of it all. Whatever season you're in today, may you know that the struggle and the ebb and the flow, that's not unique to us either. Because here in this story, a story of Jesus in these first recorded moments of the resurrection, Jesus casually comes in the form of what is mistaken to be a gardener when we are struck by the ways that Jesus doesn't announce his presence in the glorious ways we might expect. He doesn't go out of his way even to ensure that the people who are looking for him easily find him in this moment. But instead, he comes and he does that thing that he always has. He listens first. He asks questions. And then he lets those he loves know that they are seen and never alone. Mary he says. That's it. He just says her name. And that 
was enough. With one word, with her one name, in that moment, Mary knew that it was Jesus standing next to her. And you know what, friends? The good news here is that Jesus is standing next to you, too. And Jesus knows your name, too. More than that, Jesus sees your faith. Those of us with faith to move mountains and those of us who keep showing up because we think maybe someday we'll find it buried underneath our doubts or our questions or our fears. Jesus sees you wherever you are on this journey. And he wants you to know that you are enough, that your faith is enough. It only takes the faith the size of a mustard seed, Jesus taught his disciples. And so keep looking and know that no matter how great or small it may feel to have any faith enough is a good enough faith, a faith that can be built upon, a faith that assures us on this resurrection day that Jesus died and is resurrected this day for those who know and believe just as Jesus died and is resurrected this day for those among us who aren't sure too. Jesus lived and died and is resurrected because he lives for you and for me without exception. No ifs or ands or buts. No perfectionism required. And so friends, today as we live into this truth, may that be good enough news for all of us this day and always, as we live and hope and proclaim the greatest truth the world has ever known, as we proclaim together, Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.